Welcome back to another evening of Scott Shower. I am Noah. And I'm Jesse. All right. This is episode 104. That's right. We have officially hit two years. <laughs> All right. Um, before we uh, before we do jump into everything, please uh, like, share, and subscribe. Uh, for those of you who uh, recently subscribed to us on YouTube, we greatly appreciate that. We I think we just got uh, three new subscribers. Was it three? Three. Okay, great. All right, I had the right number. <laughs> uh, we are trying to get to a thousand subscribers. <laughs> We're a long ways off from there right now, but um, yeah, ask your friends just to uh, you know to subscribe to us. They don't have to listen to us, but if they don't, they might listen to. Us, uh, they might miss out on things like midget on midget porn and how hard that is to find, or. I don't know, something that uh, something crazy that Jesse might say. I mean, it doesn't get any harder to find. <laughs> All right. With that, um, uh, for this evening, we're going to be reviewing the Lagavulin 2022 Distillers Edition. Um, from there, we'll have our shout-outs and get-it-togethers. And then we went to uh, Prost Brewery for our restaurant review. And then... Um, we're going to do our uh, smart challenges being the cocaine bear. Scotch review. If you've been watching the show, you know we have done several episodes with Lagavulin in it. Not as many as Ardbeg or the Macallan or Obin, but several episodes with a Lagavulin in it. And this one is the 2022 release, the Distillers Edition. So there's a lot of uh, exciting things coming from uh, uh, future taste. We're going to enjoy here momentarily, uh, but a couple complaints have arisen as well. So in the past, if you picked up a bottle, uh, even the 2021 of the Distillers Edition, they told you, much like Obin and others, what batch it was, uh, the year and um, the age, all right on both the packaging of the box and also the bottle. They no longer do that. And it's really got a lot of people upset. Myself, I kind of agree. I actually like knowing on that bottle what year it was bottled, what year uh, or when, how long it was distilled. Um, the batch number is fantastic. Some of those pieces, uh, the little extras really add up. So um, we're going to hope it tastes just as good and they're not pulling a quick one over our eyes. couple of things about it. 43% ABV reportedly double matured um, first in uh, normal casks and then a second time in ex Pedro Zimenez sherry casks that have been recharred and seasoned. So this could be pretty interesting. Uh, the Log of Owen Distillery is located on that southern uh, part of the island of Isla off of Scotland, and it is nestled right in between Lafroig and Ardbeg. Uh, founded in 1816, big deals. The water source is the Solemn Locks, uh, and it's currently managed by Jordan Paisley. Um, their output from its two wash and two spirit stills is 1.4 million liters annually. Mention the tours again. Yeah. <laughs> All right. They have a classic tour. That's a guided tour that, where you'll get uh, to try three drams uh, from a uh, tutor tasting. 
And then you, it also includes a, um, a uh, distillery exclusive bottling. Uh, then we got the tasting experience that where that's where you're going to try four different drams. And then you also get the special distillery exclusive, uh, um, bottling as well but the, the the cream of the crop here is really the warehouse experience this is where you join ian uh macarthur uh the warehouse man i guess he's a lagavulin legend and he tells you a bunch of stories and you actually do a fantastic cask tasting uh with him and that's the one that most people seem to rave about undoubtedly it sounds fantastic um, you know, with our tasting so far, we've tasted the eight year, the nine year for the Game of Thrones release, uh, the 12 year cask strength 2021, um, and the Offerman. Uh, I mean, I got to see out of all those so far, I think the Offerman, the uh, 2022 Offerman release has been my favorite. We have done the 16. <clears throat> I find that hard to believe. <laughs> We're waiting for that golden day. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. We'll jump right into it. Yeah. All right. Remember again, 43% ABV. The box is nicely done. Very similar to years previous. The one biggest difference is this red stripe. If you're just looking for a quick look, um, the other difference, if you're looking for that detailed look, is it no longer tells you what lot that bottle is from so what batch it is uh, inside the box nice little coloring detail it is a great green color the bottle itself again if i didn't know i was looking for a lot number or a batch number the bottle is fantastic i love the dark glass i love the green label i love the silver lagavulin uh, symbol right on the front of the bottle uh pretty fun little bottle is the symbol sticker too uh the symbol is like it's on there it's metal it's not scraping off so it is pretty uh meticulous they're still doing a nice job with the bottle they have the 1816 the year it was founded isla so the uh, island it is from um, so well done. Bottle. And what's the uh, the red stripe on the bottom saying? Uh, double matured in Pedro Ximenez seasoned American oak casks. Okay. We're going to break this foil open. The time typical, to break the seal. That's right. Time to break the seal. <laughs> Happy walrus time. So with that, uh, same green foil as on the 16 year. Well pressed in there solid wood topper man but it's still not you know like give us a little bit of uh etching or something in there exactly yeah and it's got a good nose right off the bat all right All right, I guess it's time for our warp speed and our tasting notes. It's time. All right, cheers. Cheers. Lagavulin Distillers Edition 2022. It does not disappoint. <laughs> <clears throat> um, at least not my uh, in my book. It doesn't disappoint. I love it. Um, 
you know, with the uh, <clears throat> with the presentation, I think it looks great. I love the bottle. I like how the uh, the label itself is a little bit like uh, off green. It's not quite the uh, off off like a, I don't know, like a cream color label. Like I think uh, the sixteen is. Yep. Uh, so I do like this like lighter green on there, and it does help make the red pop out a little bit. So that's kind of nice. Um, for the color of this. Uh, this distiller's edition, I put it here, has a nice medium to dark copper with some like amber tones to it, which I really enjoy. I like that darker color, and um, I don't think there's any color added on this one here. It doesn't taste that way, anyways. Uh, everything that you would expect from a nice, good charred oak uh, a cask, uh, I think you're you're pulling those characteristics out of here. Um, on the nose uh, or the aroma. Um, I'm getting like sweet raisin with brine, uh, some peat, uh, hints of smoke, and I put honey oak uh, because I, I like that because like you do get some oakiness, but it seems like there's like a little bit of honey that goes along mm. with that oak. So I put honey oak uh, along with some malt, um, which makes like for a really nice complex uh, aroma. It's very inviting, and uh, it's something that you want to. Uh, you know, it, it's it's something that you want to dive into. It's something that you want to taste. It's so inviting and and uh, has like that really nice, sweet and salty and smoky like uh, nose to it. That just like says, "Drink me, drink me, <laughs> come and drink me." And I'm like, "Yes, I will drink you." And uh, when I do, uh, when it hits the palate, uh, the first thing I kind of notice it, it's a little. It has like a little bit of oily oiliness to it, uh, but th- but right there, that's like the very tip of the uh, of my palate. But then it goes right into like sweet raisins with some espresso and malt, uh, followed up with some brine and spice. Uh, like you do get like that the that brininess there, hints of that from like it being right there off, off you know off Isla and stuff like that. But you also get some of that nice like spice too, and it's not overly spicy as we know. Like I don't like like that, that chili pepper spice or anything in my kind of scotches, but this has uh, doesn't have that really like that kind of spice to it. There is like that night there is a nice spice to it, and that kind of leads into the finish where I put here dark smoky oak with hints of peat and spice that kind of linger and go all the way through and i really enjoy this i think i love the nice finish to it uh the palette is uh you know from the mid uh, from the front to the mid to the back palette it's nice and inviting there's great uh, flavors all the way throughout um it is a uh in my opinion, um, it's more of like on the light-bodied side. I would have expected it to be a little bit more to, uh, to be more of a medium to to a heavy body, but it's definitely, I found it to be a little bit light on my palate. And the one thing I mentioned, I think, before in another tasting was that when I come across like a, something that's like light-bodied in my mouth, I want it to be uh, kind of refreshing. And even though this has like a nice long, uh, finish with that dark smoky oak and hints of spice and peat. It is palate refreshing um, because it's it's not like doing something that's gonna it's like overpowering. So if you're if you're having like a, a cigar, it'll like it'll kind of like wash away that cigar flavor. Or if you're having maybe like I think this might even go really great with it. But um, I think a nice great steak would go well with this, and I think it will help wash away the palate or. Uh, uh, um, I guess uh, accentuate 
I guess uh, the palate with it. Uh, also, I think it would be great with like a with like a vanilla flavor, like creme brulee or something like that. I think that'd be great. That has like maybe some like uh, some like sliced uh, raspberries on top or something. I think it would go perfect with that as well. And because you'll get like the super extra sweetness from the uh, the creme brulee and the creaminess, but then you'll have like this coming wide because it's not so like heavily creamy like some scotches could be. This one is a little bit like I said lighter, and I'll just kind of wash the palate away, like leaving some nice accented tones to uh to go with uh that type of dessert or something uh, or even that kind of meal um so i do give this i think it's uh, definitely two thumbs up if you come across it at the uh uh at the liquor store or wherever you buy your scotches i definitely would recommend it um i gave it five for color because i do like the color <laughs> Uh, presentation. Um, I had to make some adjustments to my presentation score. Jesse made a great point last week that like, you know, for some like these like really specialty high end, uh, uh, scotches, they have like some really eclectic and really awesome kind of like uh, packaging. And that's kind of like what a level five should be. So, um, this would have formally been an, a five for me cause I do like the classic look to it. But because of like uh, he made a really good point, I am now that uh, this type of classic, really nice look is now going to be a four for me. <laughs> um, and I'm saving the fives for like the super nice, uh, uh, nice uh, packaging, like with the wooden boxes or like that have some kind of like swivel to them or you know whatever. Um, then the uh, the aroma. Like I said, it's very inviting. It's, it tells me, drink me, drink me, and it's very complex. And uh, I, I gave it a 27 out of 30. And then the palette, once again, I enjoyed the palette. It's something along uh, what I enjoy. I gave that a 27 out of 30 as well. And the finish, um, it wasn't overly spicy like the last few that we've had. So I didn't mind the spice on this one. I thought actually the spice actually helped it uh, as opposed to detracted from it. And here I gave it a 27 out of uh, 30 as well. So my grand total is 90 points. <laughs> and I, I, like I said, I love it. I think it's great. Um, and I think, uh, you know, if you do find it, you should, you should buy it. And if you notice that I'm not wearing my headphones now, it's cause I had to match Jesse cause he wasn't wearing his. <laughs> so that's, that, that's where we're at now. I figured if it was going to be any more of the, you know, conversations about searching for rare videos, I was just going to not hear it. <laughs> <laughs> And if you've watched the last episode, it really did take me that long into the tasting to figure out exactly what Noah was talking about. <laughs> I was lost. <laughs> All right. Well, for me, this is interesting because as our scores continue, um, there are some interesting pieces with our scores. I'm, I'm going to start with that and I'm going to say, I love the bottle and it's hard not to give this bottle and this box a five. But as we discussed, man, there are some of these presentations that absolutely go over the top. And, you know, our scoring may change more as we continue through. And we may come to find out that, yeah, a hundred dollar bottle of scotch or a hundred and forty dollar bottle of scotch shouldn't have the same packaging as a fifteen hundred dollar bottle of scotch. But for now, um, that is one of those pieces 
pieces. Ah, the color, though. Uh, I think you're absolutely right with this color. It is fantastic. It is, you know, my initial thought is deep brass, but it's not that at all. It is that amber, that that copper colored in there, even richer, sensual. I love the color. That color is fantastic. On the nose for me, um, as you mentioned, great introduction to this. Very welcoming. I get um, hints of charred or dark oak, um, and then um, you mentioned raisins, and I think that's absolutely it, but they're like that extra bit of sweet liqueur raisin where it's like raisins soaked in sherry or sweet wine, and then on the nose, mild smoke, mild peat. Again, all these different... Uh, flavors, scents, broad spectrum, very inviting. I agree. That was a great way to put it, Noah. Uh, the palette. For me, this palette, and it's interesting because I typically would expect a full body, like a heavy body with a lagavulin of this age and this maturity, if you will, double matured, which is twice as much as I have. <laughs> um, so with that, uh, it's got a medium body to me. But man, with all of those flavors and the brine does shine, it's almost like you can taste the granules of the briny salt water on your tongue when, you, when it first hits the front. And you mentioned that oily, it does coat the front of the palate beautifully. And then it goes into, for me, uh, dark chocolate and uh, a baked apple flavor and i think that's where it kind of gives me that hint of the cinnamon or the clove uh, maybe a mild pepper but also sugary sweet um so that briny salt water goes to the that granulated sugar that sugar that crystallizes as you bake a fruit um from that apples and then mm. As it starts to get close to the finish, hints of espresso and leather. And that's what I'm looking for, baby. I want that leather. I want the espresso. The interesting thing is the peat doesn't come in big. Either does the smoke until the actual finish for me. And I get this uh, fairly long, not super long, but fairly long, smoky uh, finish with brine. And I love that. And peat and a hint of leather but honestly i would actually like a little more leather i was expecting a a bolder finish of leather and peat more tarry if you will um, but instead of being that oak i think i've come accustomed to knowing lagavulin for it's more of that sweet oak um it, and it's not a bad sweet. It's a great sweet. Um, just not quite 100% uh, what I was expecting. It is absolutely, I agree with you, a great bottle of scotch. Here's why I say our points keep getting more and more interesting. So for me, presentation, a solid four. Color, absolutely. As far as the spectrum goes for me right now, and as you mentioned, uh, as far as I can tell, no artificial colors added here. This is from the charred and seasoned casks. This color is fantastic. Uh, color gets a five on the nose. 
Uh, we scored it exactly the same, <laughs> 27, which I think is, I, I loved your word, inviting, because most people that I have talked to about a Lagavu and Scotch find it to be overly Band-Aid scent, um, very peaty. And this is not that. This is, and I like the peat, uh, but this is very inviting, very uh more both complex and delicate on the palate the palate was the win for me the middle of this body with all of those flavors uh 28 the finish was is actually my opportunity for this Lagavulin um it was down at a 26 but our scores balanced out at 90 I literally have the same score uh as you do on this one it was bound to happen <laughs> um but yeah, this one, honestly, it was going to be like, it was actually tough because the finish for me, it, I want more of that leather. I really want more of that peat and that leather. And that was the one thing that left me wanting with the scotch. Otherwise, it probably would have gotten a 92. Uh, you know, here's the thing. I, I had to remember, I had to think about this and, and I probably, if I were to go back, as I mentioned before. I probably would have uh, rated at uh, Lagavulin 12, uh, the 2022 special release. Probably would have rated it higher. And I think the reason why it maybe it got kind of low, first of all, it was my first time scoring. But secondly, I think I had a pre-existing idea of what a Lagavulin should taste like. And therefore, since it didn't meet that expectation, I think I actually, like, uh, uh, I guess um, pun. Uh, I guess punished it. Became overly critical. Yeah, <laughs> I took it out on that particular one, which I don't think it was deservedly so. I don't uh, know. Yeah, I don't know that you were wrong. Well, I don't know if I was right either. <laughs> <laughs> and so I like so when doing this distiller's edition, I kind of like wanted to come in and think about like, okay, don't don't have the expectation of what a log of ruling eight is, or don't have the expectation of like what a log of ruling 16 is. Um, take this one for what it is for itself. And I think that's, I think that's why I came up with the, with the 90 score on this one. Yeah. I, I agree with your score. I mean, it's spot on. I am curious though now thinking about these more recent fiery cask strength Lagavulin special releases and this one having more of that uh, spicy cask uh, influence. I wonder if they're trying to go the uh, direction that Ardbeg has on some of theirs. Maybe, and uh, that's a high possibility. Um, but I do like the spicing that they used in this as opposed to what they used in the 12-year. Uh, um, this seems more like on that cinnamon, clovey side as opposed to like chili pepper side, which obviously <laughs> I do not like. <laughs> what are you drinking there? I don't know. Chili pepper flew in. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but it's burning my throat. I can't handle it. My eyes <laughs> And I just considered something. And when I was talking about the scotch, I didn't mention a couple of things. First of all, would I take this to a poker game? If the people who oh, I will, guess I've got to mention that too. Dude, if the people who will appreciate a good scotch, and the more I drink, the more I am enjoying this. It is fantastic, one hundred percent. Would I, you know, would I? Is it something I covet? It is something I actually really am enjoying. So it's something I want to have uh, at home for that special occasion. Would I take it to a black tie event? And this is interesting because, man, hell yeah. <laughs> 
I don't know that it's really like a black tie box, but the bottle, man, you bring this out, um, the silver Lagavulin crest uh, that you mentioned, the green with the red pops. Absolutely. It's a it's a win on all fronts there. And that's what makes it hard to only give it a four with presentation. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I mean, you, you made a solid like, uh, call on that. And like I had to I, I had to had to go with it. And, you know, I do agree with you. Like, uh, I take it to poker night. Sure. Uh, but it have to be with people who would enjoy scotch. Um, would I take it to a black tie fair? Definitely. Is it something I would covet? Yes, most definitely. It would be, it would really be, actually be really hard for me to take it to a poker night or even a black tie affair because I would, this is one where I would like to keep it for myself and enjoy it probably more so than share it with a bunch of others, but definitely with close friends or myself. It's time for our shout outs. My shout out is just to all the Americans that keep doing what they can to enjoy their quality of life. Uh, it's tough. I know a lot of people have gotten second jobs and uh, cut some corners so that they can still, um, myself included, take their kiddos out for a bite and a movie and, and have some fun. So um, great job keeping the enjoyable piece of your life alive. Keep on keeping on. Keep on keeping on. <laughs> Life's garden. Dig it. <laughs> If you know that movie, put it in the comments. <laughs> All right. Um, I have, uh, I'm assuming that's both of yours, or that's the only one you have. Mm-hmm. All right. I have two of them. Nice. Um, my first shout out goes to Jacqueline uh, Bert Breger. I think is how you say her last name. But uh, she, um, uh, on Friday, she appeared in front of the Arizona S- uh, Senate and presented some information uh, that her and a group of lawyers uh, were investigating and passed some information on to the FBI and stuff like that. And it showed uh, some corruption among elected officials by the cartel uh, dealing with like uh, real estate uh, fraud. Uh, but that, uh, but because of those, uh, <laughs> because of that fraud or that that happened with the real estate. It crossed across like multiple states and it showed up also in the 2020 elections and 2022 elections. And it also uh, shows that uh, Katie Hobbs, the current uh, supposedly person who won the governor race, which many people believe didn't truly win the governor race, um, shows that she was a part of these uh, so-called uh, real estate uh uh, scams or whatever, or the fraudulent real estate uh, dealings. Hmm. Um, we don't know for sure. Like, I'm not sure. Like, I didn't like I didn't see the actual paperwork or anything like that. So, I'm gonna say she allegedly is a part of it. But it seems like there's a fairly good indicator that she was. So that's my first shout out is to that lady to have the guts and the, uh, <laughs> I mean, to come out and, and talk about it because you know, like. I'm, I'm going to put this out there, right? Look, look at Hillary Clinton uh, or, you know, the Clintons. Right. And then they have like the so-called uh, uh, the uh, the Arkansas stuff in the list of people who, who are supposedly connected to the Clintons and committed suicide, which seems to be an abnormal amount of people. So, you know, it doesn't really seem like whistleblowers actually uh, do too well when they come out and blow the whistle. So congratulations to her to doing that. Also, I want to give a shout out to Woody Harrelson. Uh, apparently this past weekend on Saturday Night Live, 
he talks about how he got a script saying that uh, all these major uh, drug cartels got together, bought off the uh, media, bought off the uh, politicians, and and wanted to implement a rule saying that nobody can leave their houses unless they took the drug cartels uh, drug drugs on a on a like a, on a scheduled basis, and uh, apparently it didn't go over too well with uh, with SNL, but it seems like. It hit really close to home and reality, so I just want to give him a shout-out for that as well. That's a good one. That's a tough one. Uh, Woody Harrelson has definitely got some big cojones right now with everything going on, but it's interesting that he used um, the the phrase and the term because immediately most people may be like, well, what is he talking about? Which foreign country's drug cartel is he talking about? And it not everyone is understanding that he's talking about uh, I don't know, maybe Moderna or Pfizer being the drug cartel. Well, funny you say that because all of a sudden, like, <laughs> on Sunday, it hit, like, all the major, like, newspapers and stuff saying, like, how they, uh, like, it, it, it's not about COVID or anything like that. Yeah, it is. It's just, it's interesting uh, because of the fact that... Uh, they literally have created a new form of addiction, if you will, or necessity uh, with a antivirus. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, any uh, get it together's? Um, ah, man, I'm gonna I'm gonna let this week go. <laughs> All right. Well, I will also do the same. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm sure I could pick out something about our government or whatever, but. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna let it be for this week. I mean, uh, I guess you know what? I'm gonna backtrack. I'm gonna have my one get together. Just uh Okay. Um man, Biden, be careful deploying hundreds of more troops uh to Taiwan when we're already on shaky ground with China and they're learning a lot from what Russia is doing right now. So uh, it's just an interesting we run out of another country that we're supporting, but then we're adding forces and troops into one that uh, is absolutely could, well, will, because of their society, come across as an act of aggression. Restaurant. This week's restaurant, man, the Prost Biergarten in Highlands Ranch. Prost. Prost. It's funny because I always say Prost, and then I started saying Prost because my uh, navigation system kept saying it. And I'm like, no, it's not. It's Prost. <laughs> <God> damn it. <laughs> Prost of uns. All right. Well, what I would say is uh, ever since I've seen this building constructed, I've wanted to go. And we finally went this week. Uh, we enjoyed our uh, uh, beverage and they had a nice selection of beer. Uh, and mine was delicious. I had the Lost Colorado IPA, so not one of their own. But this is by uh, the New Terrain Brewing Company here in Colorado. And I had the Biergarten board. So three of their best meats and three of their best cheeses some pretzel bites and fondue it was delicious uh 
but it was something that I really think in the future I would only want to share. Uh, it was a lot of cheese. It was a lot of meat, $24 worth every penny. Um, didn't necessarily go great with my beer, but it, uh, it was entertaining to say the least. Yeah, so this place here, um, when you first pull up, it's a nice big building. You see it is like a beer garden. Um, and it kind of reminds me, if you've ever been to the Hofbra House in, uh, in um, Las Vegas, it kind of has that kind of like set up, you know. Uh, when you first walk in, uh, well, before you walk in, you see a nice... Uh, well, there's like a little gate that says Ville Coleman uh, on a like kind of archway. But, you know, this is where it kind of gets weird for me because like seeing that, it just reminds me of Auschwitz. And it's like, I'll buy tobacco fry. Uh, you know, work will set you free. And uh, here it's like beer will set you free, right? You know? <laughs> <laughs> um, sorry, I don't mean to. Like, I guess I kind of went, went down the wrong road there. I probably shouldn't talk about the Holocaust too much, but any case when you go into this beer garden uh they have two separate areas uh one area is where you go and you purchase your beer and the other area is where you go purchase your food and it, you have to put up two different tabs so that's the one thing i didn't like about the place is that you have to have a tab for your beer and then a tab for your food and uh that uh ultimately made it seem like you have like five different receipts in your pocket for like a one meal deal um the beer that I had was the Donkel. The Donkel was actually very good. It's a nice, good German beer. Uh, it had nice, it was nice, dark and malty, as you would expect from a Donkel. Uh, I wanted to try another beer, but being that, you know, it's kind of far from where we live and uh, you have to drive on the highway and stuff to get there and stuff. Um, I really didn't want to drink like a whole, you know, liter of beer. Uh, so I just went with the half liter of the Dunkel. But otherwise, I think next time when I go back there, I like to try their Oktoberfest, the, the Meritzen. Uh, and I think that uh, that will probably have uh, some great maltiness to it uh, if it's anything like the Dunkel. Um, as far as the food goes, I got the Bratwurst. And I thought the bratwurst was great. It had bratwurst with sauerkraut, and they got the nice spicy uh, mustard that you put on there. And you, they gave you the choice of either having it on a bun or without, or just on the plate. I chose to have it on the bun, which I enjoyed. The bread was pretty decent. It's not the same type of bread that you would get in Germany, uh, like that brochen and that that bread that you get in Germany, where that has like the nice hard outside, the nice like uh, soft inside, is great. That's fantastic. I love that kind of bread. Uh, it's, uh, the side though, it's supposed to come with coleslaw. I'm not a huge coleslaw fan. So I asked if I could get the, uh, potato salad and being that it's a German place, I was really expecting the, uh, kartoffel salat, which is the warm styled, uh, German potato salad, but that's not what I got. I got like the cold, normal, regular kind of potato salad. It was good. It was good. Don't get me wrong, but it just wasn't that, like, that traditional uh, vinegary, hot, uh, uh, you know, kartoffel salat. And uh, that's what I think would have, like, really pushed it over the top. Um, would I take a first date there? I, I think I would. Uh, would I meet friends there? Definitely would. Uh, the As far as, like, the wait staff goes, the way it's set up, you don't really interact too much with the wait staff. But they do have one person or a couple of people that come by and drop off the food. And uh, they they also, like, clean up the tables. But uh, when we walked away to go get uh, the sec <laughs> your second beer and me to close out my beer tab, uh, they, there was a guy that came by and cleaned up our area and stuff like that. And I thanked them and everything. But um, 
But the people where you go to purchase your beer or purchase the food, they're very friendly and nice. Uh, so I guess for the quasi wait staff uh, or you know whatever the people you deal with, I'm gonna give them a seven. Uh, I would give it. I would actually would have made it like an like an eight or maybe even a nine if they actually like came to the tables and stuff like that. It was like more of a traditional type of like uh, wait staff. But I think seven is good for what you get there. Um, the food, it was exactly what I kind of expected, minus the the potato salad. Um, oh, I also got the apple strudel. I forgot about oh, that. Dude. The apple I, strudel I was I was waiting great. to hear about that. <laughs> the apple strudel <laughs> was actually really great. Um, it had some, uh, like, it came with a vanilla, a uh, scoop of vanilla ice cream. And when I combined the uh, the uh, apple strudel with the uh, vanilla ice cream, it was uh, so delicious. Um, it had really great apple and cinnamon flavor and stuff like that. It was it was great. Uh, I love the dessert. So the food, I'm gonna give it an eight. I really did enjoy the food, but you have to kind of. I think you have to kind of like German food though uh, to really enjoy the place. Uh, if you don't really like German fare type of food, it may not score that high. But I really enjoyed it, and I think the eight. Actually, kind of goes uh, with the beer though in this case because they brew their own beer, and I think if you're going to go to a German place, you have to have like good German food with good German beer, and I think they match up together. That's why it gets an eight there. Um, and uh, so overall experience, I'm going to give it like a seven point five. Um, it does have a whole lot more potential though, but I think they could kick it up a notch or two, like getting like that warm potato salad and and some other little some other little things there, but. Um, I loved it. I thought it was a great place. Yeah, it's interesting that uh, one of the comments you made was that would you meet friends there? Absolutely. And I find it true to what I was thinking, which was the same, which was, man, we got to go some <laughs> sometime and see a movie. I'd go with you Wednesday night. Guy's going to go see Creed 3's early, early, early release. Um, I unfortunately cannot go see it. I am jealous of that one. Uh, but man, that would be a great movie to go see there where you could literally walk. I mean, it's a little bit of a walk. Um, otherwise, you drive across two parking lots and you're at the movie theater and that would be a fantastic place um, to meet friends, go see a movie, a big screening, something we should consider in the future, um, and, and just really enjoy the full experience, the drink, the food. Um, so for me as well, would I meet friends there? Absolutely. And what is interesting is it's the more the merrier. It's not like, hey, I just want to meet one or two friends. You can do that. But you can also meet 10 friends there. And I feel like the setting is well done where you don't feel like you're leaving anyone out. And anyone who does who needs a break because you're like, hey, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I can't listen to Jesse and Noah talk about aliens anymore. I need a break. I'm going to go get a beer. They can just walk up and go get a beer or order the, the streusel or any number of things, a giant pretzel. Um, and I, I really enjoyed that. Would I go, you know, would I take a first date there, a date there? Absolutely. Uh, it's the same thing where it's that open forum where if someone needs a break, there's 
it, there's a way out. You can intentionally sit close to other people or share a table with them even, or you can find your distance. Um, good music playing, not too loud, not too quiet, but you mentioned the wait staff. And for me, um, the first thing is for the atmosphere, the atmosphere was a win. This isn't at all what I was expecting. Um, kind of like, to me though, a warmer version of Breckenridge Brewery. I actually enjoyed this more than the Breckenridge Brewery there in Highlands Ranch as far as the setup. And um, the, the servers, the staff, and they actually did bring the food to your table. I was a little worried at first. I'm like, oh man, I just tipped these people and I'm going to have to go get my food again. It's Bojo's 2.0. It was not. They did bring the food. As you mentioned, when we went to go close our tabs, um, they cleared the table and we were like, hey, we weren't going to be those guys, but thank you for clearing our plates. Um, they were great. They were friendly. They were welcoming. It was a very welcoming environment and it was a lot of fun. So yes, um, would I take uh, a date there? Yes. Would I meet friend or friends there. Yes, absolutely. Um, serving staff for me. This is a middle range restaurant, so it's not cheap. It's not fast food, but it's not also high end. Um, for their level of service for really what was expected, I would say it was a seven. Um, the one thing that would have given them an eight or maybe even a nine is if instead of saying, here's your food, you're going to need a fork They're over there or over there is I figured you'd need a fork here's a napkin and a fork because that's literally the next level of service. That's how you go from, in my mind, a seven to a nine. So uh, a seven there, um, I mentioned the atmosphere and the food, both eights. Uh, overall, I'm going to give it an eight. I, I really enjoyed it. And for me, uh, getting out a little late tonight, this was one of the things Noah brought up. And thank you for bringing it up because I've literally wanted to go there for years since it opened. And this was another one of those great experiences where we finally did. This week's Smarter Challenge, we've had a lot of this genre of movie lately. It is a comedy horror, the 2023 release of Cocaine Bear. <laughs> and I didn't even wear my Cocaine Bear hat tonight. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> I did wear it to the movie theater. Did though. you? Yeah. Nice. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I've got some really bad news. What is it? Your wife is dead. High five. <laughs> <laughs> oh, snap. <laughs> Oh, maybe that should be a movie review for the NC-17 crowd. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. <laughs> All right. Well. As we go into Cocaine Bear, I think one of my favorite memories is, A, my kids are finally at an age where I could go to see this movie with them, and I don't know, maybe they were just pulling my leg, but they said they enjoyed it. It was funny. It's absolutely ridiculous at points. I would say, you know, spoiler, it's all the way through here very quickly. Um, there is blood. There is gore. It's like the evil dead without the zombies. <laughs> 
or the deadites. It is a bear hunting, killing machine on cocaine, and it does a good job. Uh, so one of my fond memories here is uh, Noah was able to see the early release, and in doing so, uh, when I went to go see with my kids, Noah made a comment. <laughs> Oh, you're gonna. Oh man, I was gonna say this. You do it. You go there. No, no, you go there. No, no, because you're gonna tell it better. All right. (laughs) So I'd already seen Cocaine Bear, and Jesse was telling me uh, it was Saturday night. He's like, "Yeah, my kids and I were getting ready to go see Cocaine Bear." I'm like, "Okay, Jesse, this is your homework. You have to tell me what is your favorite death scene." (laughs) <laughs> and then his daughter Mia turns around to me and has like this expression like what you just spoiled the movie I didn't know anything anybody's gonna die <laughs> and I'm like huh and she's like well of course people are gonna die in the movie it's a co- it's a bear high in cocaine I'm like oh okay and it's kind of funny because I didn't really expect her to like bust my balls or anything like that and, and so I, th- I thought that was uh Pretty funny. I really enjoyed that. Uh, she felt comfortable enough to joke with me about that. It was good. She, uh, I appreciated hearing the story from Noah's perspective. Perspective after the fact because Mila, it's almost a, it is a shout out. You're growing up to be a great young person. So nice job. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely a shout out. I, 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 you know, when you can bust people's balls and have a good time and laugh about it, that you know, that's that that's that's a that's a plus in my book. And that is the first thing with this movie. So lots of death scenes in this movie. And Noah's homework challenge for us was favorite death scene. So I'm going to say for us, the first. Did you kids pick out their favorite too? Yes. Awesome. Okay. (laughs) I can't wait to hear these. No, they were literally like, oh, yeah, we got to talk about this on the way home from the theater. (laughs) Serious? Yes. Uh All right. But for us, for the show to start out with, what were your um, top two or top three death scenes in Cocaine Bear? Okay, my number one death scene <laughs> has to be the lady on. Uh, is, is there? Is, are those like Park those, Ranger? Is the Park Ranger uh, in the ambulance on the uh, the bed? Are those Gurney? called gurneys? I believe so. Okay, so they're driving. The door is ripped off or whatever. And uh, she just goes flying out of. Uh, she's all strapped into the gurney. She goes flying out, and the, and the gurney flips over, and you see her face just go smashing across the uh, across the uh, the road. And at the end of the movie, uh, <laughs> Carrie Russell and her daughter and the, and her friend all walk by the the lady in the gurney, and they're like, "Don't look at that." <laughs> <laughs> but that whole death scene is great though because it's not only her going across the like uh the ground and having her face scraped and stuff like that but the the lady who's driving the ambulance slams into a tree or a post and you see her fly through the windshield so it's like a total great death scene so that's gotta be my number one death scene uh i, I don't think there's really another really total like kick butt death scene uh my my second one it's a little bit tougher for me to pick my second favorite death scene but i guess if i had to choose one it might be where the guy and you see this in the advertisement anyways is the guy who who, uh who's like the animal specialist (laughs) who climbs up the tree 
and uh, he like sneezes, and the bear smells the cocaine that's on him. Runs up the tree, he goes and kills him. It rips off his leg. You see the leg go flying and stuff like that. And then the bear walks over and like takes a sniff of cocaine <laughs> off of like does like a line off the guy's leg. So that was like my second favorite. <laughs> All right, so man. I had a lot of, of going back and forth with this. And because uh, the two scenes you just mentioned are two of my three favorite scenes. And at, at first, I mean, I was right there 100% with you. The lady on the gurney falling face first, 50 miles per hour, skidding to a stop. A stop. Um, that was a scene that was nonstop laughing. So um, that's in the top three. Um, the second one that's in my top three, and I'll rate them here in just a moment, is when that same said person skidding to their death on their face um, shoots one of these punks on accident and you just see his face at one point and then you just see a hole you just literally see a hole and um uh, my third one was the last one you mentioned so for me my third favorite scene uh, and part of this is like the effect is when she falls out on her face on the gurney because the bear throws her out of the van, basically trying to get to the front of the van. And it, it's one of those things where this piece of the movie is happening. It's just funny. Like the whole thing is ridiculous. A bear running 50 miles per hour after a van um, who should have gotten away but made all the wrong choices. And this lady falls out. So that's number three. Um, number two is the punk who gets his head, you know, he has a new light to life, if you will. <laughs> and part of the reason that that's number two is because I was literally sitting there, and as soon as this scene is unfolding, you have the park ranger, this nasty lady, uh, with a great big gun pointed at the door, and the bearers on the other side of the door. You know this, we know this, she knows this. The punk knows it, and she tells the punk to open the door. And the first thing that's like, man, just as soon as you open the door, it's going through everyone in the audience's head, I'm sure. Dude, as soon as you open the door, get out of the way. And instead, what does this guy do? He just stares there, and it's like, oh, damn, a bear. And she pulls the trigger and blows a hole in his head. And it's the one scene in the movie, it's probably one of two scenes in the movie where I was just like, Oh shit, that just <laughs> happened. <laughs> Cause it's just that ridiculous. And it ultimately unfolds in this other piece of ridiculous, uh, um, hilarious scene where somebody else throws him to block the door later on and the paramedics are coming to get there. So his death leads to her death. Um, but for me, the funniest one is the scene where we have a nature specialist, uh, an animal specialist, 
going through the field and you know, he comes across a lady as he's walking with the park ranger the lady being the mother carrie russell and they're looking for carrie russell's daughter and he's this know-it-all and he's just easy going kind of like joe dirt right like easy going <laughs> and all of a sudden but the park ranger is all hot by the oh way. yeah the hot park ranger wants him she is like man you are my lagavulin 12 spice <laughs> and with that uh, she is frustrated that carrie russell um interrupted her romantic nature walk with her animal specialist and they're looking for the daughter and all of a sudden they hear the daughter's friend's boy and he's like 25 30 feet up in this tree <laughs> and everyone's just like what are you doing up there and he's like that bear watch out there's a bear <laughs> and they're all like ha, ha, ha. and the nature specialist's like most bears are really friendly was he a black bear or was he a brown bear if you have a black bear you don't want to run if you have a brown bear you should leave you know and and uh, all of a sudden the bear comes out of the woods and you see the nature specialist start to climb the tree and at this point i think a lot of us are probably wondering the same thing i am which is well bears can climb trees why is a nature specialist climbing a tree and the nature specialist climbs the tree and the boy's like oh man we're safe and the nature specialist's like no we're not man bears can climb trees and then the boy's like why the hell did you climb a tree and he's like i don't know <laughs> So this is where it kicks in the part where you're talking about, which is right before this, the nature specialist falls on this bag, duffel bag of bricks of cocaine that have exploded out. He is fully covered in cocaine. He runs up this tree. The bear sees the boy, starts to go after the boy until he realizes there is a cocaine covered Twinkie in the tree <laughs> next door. And poof, it is over after that. It's on like donkey. That's right. He is toast. <laughs> it's ridiculous. So with my kids, um, and this was crazy to me because they were all like, yeah, I think my favorite dead, death scene was when that lady just blows that guy's head open. Although when she was skidding on her face, that was pretty funny too. And I'm like, all right, there it is. Like, there it is. You know if a teenager or two can appreciate that, it's funny. <laughs> Because I don't know as much as that they thought it was funny as that I was right there a foot away from them. And I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> I didn't start laughing. Normally, I, I like I didn't until I said, oh, shit. And I'm like, she really did blow his brains out. Like, my God. I thought for sure you would have been laughing like right away. I was after that, but at first I was in shock. I'm like, they really did put that in the movie. Like, yeah, it's one of those things, right, where Stephen King and so, Alfred Hitchcock, masters of suspense, you know it's coming. It's like the old lady in Psycho with her knife, and you're in the shower. You know this is a bad time. It's going to happen. But then it actually happened. It's like, damn. I was like... Uh I was probably the loudest person laughing in that theater. Uh, and I probably laughed more than everybody else, too. I had a good crowd, lots of laughs. I was probably right there with you, but my kids were chuckling, too, and that was heartwarming. <laughs>
So this movie is actually uh, based on a true life uh, incident. Uh, There was a guy who was actually flying a plane, smuggling cocaine. Uh, The DEA was uh, on on his tail, and then he starts tossing out bags of cocaine over, I I, I think it was, is it Kentucky or Georgia? I'm not really sure. I think Tennessee. I think it covered three states, and I think those are the three states that he was flying. So the guy then... uh, the real life guy. Also, this they show this guy's character in the movie too. Uh, when they jump, when he jumped out of the plane, he had attached like eighty eight pounds of uh, cocaine to him, uh, which uh, the uh, parachute uh, did not com- so- was not compensated for his weight and the cocaine, and he died on impact, which also happened in the movie. The movie was a little bit different, and that was the other thing is I had to mention that my kids put that as their runner-up favorite death scene is when the guy, and there's the true version, which is uh, the the one you went into great detail with in the uh, less, the, the movie version, he gets so high on coke throwing the bags of cocaine out of the plane that when he goes to jump out of the plane, oh, yeah, he, he hits his head on the, the frame of the door and knocks himself out and falls to his death. <laughs> <laughs> and, then the, and then the real life uh, bear, which is known as uh, Pablo Escobar. <laughs> There's a really uh, interesting story about him. Uh, so the bear ate 88 pounds of cocaine, had a cardiac arrest, and died within five minutes. So everything like so everything that happens in the movie didn't actually happen in real life because the bear died. But what's the they did the autopsy of the bear the uh, state parks actually had a taxidermist come out and and stuff them and all that stuff and uh, so they had it on display there uh, at the national park but then there was a fire that happened no. and when the fire occurred in this national park they put it all into storage but then the storage place got robbed oh. the bear ended up somehow being in Las Vegas and then some famous singer bought the bear what <laughs> he bought the bear the guy died and went to an estate auction and some like like a Chinese laundromat or a Chinese like uh, dentist guy uh, bought the bear. That guy died. <laughs> the wife hated the bear but kept it. And then uh, the, the place uh, it's cursed. The, the place Kentucky for Kentucky or whatever, uh, which is uh, I don't, some kind of like store or whatever. They now own. Uh, Pablo Escobar, and then they sell like all those, uh, like the hats and the shirts and all that stuff. All right, so it is still out and it, available to see. It is, dude. I think, and it's in Kentucky. The real bear, yeah, yes. I I need to make a trip to Kentucky. Also, you know what they did too for this for this particular movie for three nights they did red carpet uh, showings uh, with Pablo Escobar. That is awesome. So they they brought Pablo Escobar to like, three different movie theaters and did uh, red, a red carpet viewing, <laughs> so you can take pictures of Pablo Escobar. Dude, that's awesome. Yeah, uh, this is this movie here is the uh, fourth. A uh, full-length feature film that Elizabeth Banks had uh, directed, and I think uh, out of all the ones that I've seen that she has done, I think this is probably her best, in my opinion. Because the other one was like Charlie's Angels, uh, which I didn't really, I didn't, I never watched that one, but I heard like a lot of bad things about it. And then she did uh, one of the uh, pitch. Pitch Perfect movies, which I actually, I love all three of those movies. Those are funny movies. And I forget what the other one was. Um, 
I don't know. Where else do you want to go with this movie? Uh, man, what are the life lessons learned out of this movie? Well, <laughs> I guess <laughs> one. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, don't uh, don't tell your friend to eat a uh, <laughs> spoonful of cocaine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> have you ever done cocaine yeah well how do you do it well you eat like a was it a teaspoon yeah you eat a teaspoon of cocaine (laughs) (laughs) and the girl puts that teaspoon she grabs like a bunch of cocaine puts her mouth she's like you do it and he's like he finally does it he's like so he knows he was you know she actually had no at that point that he was lying Okay, so with that, how thing, the fuck did they not talk about how like numb and shit their mouth would have gotten with uh with the cocaine? I mean, that's what the Egyptians used it for. If you've ever watched Ancient Aliens, was if they had a toothache or something, they put cocaine on it <laughs> to numb the pain. Like they shouldn't have been talking afterwards. Their mouth should have been all Dude, They probably blah, blah, should have been near dead. <laughs> They're like sixty pounds each. It's ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, I, like, I'm literally, I, I review it, and I'm like, okay, so life lessons from cocaine beer. Don't have a drug dealer father. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> uh, have a good friend that'll, like, try to help you straighten your life out. Like, <laughs> the little boy ditches school for his little female friend and almost dies. <laughs> How about how about the couple, the nature walking couple? Oh my god! Yeah, Don't be was, a tool. That's the lesson there. The guy who's like uh, proposing to his, his wife or his girlfriend or whatever. <laughs> she dodges that bullet. <laughs> they, they both died. Uh, well, she did first. Yeah. <laughs> so then this particular scene we're also so arrived. Yeah. We're so lucky. He's like, hey. There's something wrong with that bear. There's something wrong with that bear. <laughs> it's all like head burning a tree. Boom. Boom. That's so boom. funny. Like, he's seeing the bear. He's like, this bear is fucked. He's like, it's doing all this shit. Like head banging and, and like tweaking out. And then she goes and looks at him. She's like, give me those binoculars. Or give me the camera. Yeah. Give me the camera. <laughs> and the bear looks like it's all peaceful and loving. Hugging the tree. And then he takes it back. And it's all like freaking out again. <laughs> <laughs> and then it pops up like what, like five feet away from them or something <laughs> so one of the funniest things about this experience to me is afterwards my kids were literally telling me yeah if it's true if you have a uh, black bear you just stand your ground if you have a, a brown bear you run and if you have a white bear you're just done <laughs> they're like you're dead they're like, they had this whole saying to go with it and i'm like how do you guys know this and i'm like you're right because polar bears are by far the biggest bears and they're carnivores but they're going over this whole thing and i'm just like oh hell no I think uh, one of the funniest parts, and it's it, uh, I don't know if it's really funny as, as much as it might be cute, is like when the uh, when the baby cubs are all like dosed in like cocaine and they almost look like little white like white polar bear cubs. Oh my goodness! <laughs> I thought that was kind of funny. 
the whole movie is just interesting. It it really is because you have this daughter, gangster kids, dude. <laughs> and then what the ice cube son, I forget what his name is, just beats the crap out of him. Oh, yeah. He's like oh, <laughs> he, sees that, he sees the knife in his yeah. back. He's like, What hurts, man? That hurts. <laughs> they stabbed me. <laughs> this is my favorite jersey, man. <laughs> Sorry, we're going all over the place here. I didn't mean this. No, it's true. So uh the movie on uh, my scale is definitely a two thumbs up. It is not meant for quality of life unless you are looking for a comedy horror film. <laughs> yeah, if you're, uh, I would agree. It, it is a two thumbs up, and I would also put it as a, uh, a a fun movie if you want a comedy horror movie. And it's not quite as gruesome as Evil as like the original original Evil Dead's, but it does have some really cool death scenes in it. If you enjoy like watching a horror movie that has like funny death scenes, <laughs> it's more like funny death scenes. It's not like, or like more for shock value. Dude, one of the other scenes that was absolutely hilarious is when the paramedics do show up on the scene. <laughs> and at first the guy's trying to push the door open. She's like, push your way, put your shoulder in it, put back into it. And he's like, it's not that easy. And she's like, get out of the way. I'll do it. And she's like, can't move the door. And she's like, give me some help. And he's like, what happened to feminism? <laughs> and mind you, the reason why they couldn't open the door is that's because that's where they came was like with the hole in his head. <laughs> We should go. (laughs) (laughs) And then he's like, I thought you said he had a concussion. (laughs) 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 That's what she said. Yeah, she called and said he had a concussion. (laughs) Boom. (laughs) Yeah. Or a percussion wound. <laughs> the one thing I thought was kind of like uh, a blast from the past, if you will, is seeing all the old 1980 uh, don't do drug commercials. Just say no to drugs. You got a little bit of a, uh, was it, uh, I think they showed the egg, uh, the egg in the frying yeah. pan. Yeah. This is your brain. This, this is your brain, brain on drugs. drugs. <laughs> And then they had a Nancy Reagan commercial on there. Uh, there was like another one, wasn't there? I think there was like three or four of them that they showed. They had several of them, but now looking back, it's like, no, no, that was true. <laughs> uh, it's definitely a good movie. I would recommend seeing it. Uh, there's really not a whole lot more to talk about it, though. It is just light hearted, bloody comedy. Yes. Very much so. But there were a few times I didn't jump, but I saw people throughout the audience throw up their arms and jump. Serious? Oh, yeah. Oh. I think the cop also got the shit into the deal. Oh, yeah, totally. That was total bummer, dude. Like- <laughs> <laughs> he had that dog. <laughs> I guess that's how you knew he is. He was done. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was thinking I was going to get like a golden retriever or something when I was doing a rescue animal. Animal, because you asked me what kind of animal I wanted, and that's what I said. 
<laughs> at the end, the guy <laughs> who's all depressed because his girlfriend or wife died. Oh, I guess this is my dog now. <laughs> all right. Thank you, AMC, for the uh, movie pass. Uh, that uh, monthly service thing is uh, definitely going to come into play. It's about the uh, A- A-listers, right? Yes. I think that movie pass is definitely going to make up for itself this upcoming month. Yes. Tons of great movies coming to theaters near us. John Wick 4, nonetheless. Uh, None of the least, uh, which they've done like zero advertising for. We got Creed 3 coming out, as Noah's going to in uh, two nights. I am jealous about that. I will not be able to join that one. That one would be a great night to have some beers and go see that film. Uh, So many movies coming out. I concur. Well, uh, do you have anything else you want to say about Cocaine Bear? No, it really was a, a good, lighthearted take on a very serious subject. Don't do drugs. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, okay, well then, uh, next week's uh, Smarter Challenge. I'm just going to keep on the, uh, the movie reviews. Uh, next week is Creed 3. <sighs> so we'll do a movie review of Creed 3. And... Uh, yeah, uh, I don't know what the uh, scotch is. I think there was a little bit of miscommunication from last week, but uh, we'll have a we'll have a good scotch for Creed. 3. I, I think for Creed three, perhaps it is time to put a new challenge out there, increase our ad Ardbeg lore, if you will. Uh oh, just break out the Ardbeg nineteen. Are you sure? I, I think so, man. Creed three, uh, this could be. The Scotch for Creed Three, the Tribon. Uh, that's probably totally butchering the pronunciation. Okay, I remember you saying last week something about like you wanted to do something big for the beginning of uh, year three. So, well, I think this is the right one to do because our first episode was our big ten. Okay, and so we'll start our third year with the yard bag and then go from there. Um, this one should be an absolute delight. All right. Well, then there we go. That's uh, the one we're going to be doing. Uh, and I, if I remember correctly, is that the one that had like uh, different flavors? You had to like it look at the does. Labels? It does. It has different flavors. Unlike this current log of one, they tell you batch numbers and all sorts of great information on there. Literally, when it was bottled, all sorts of things. It is uh, undoubtedly going to be a treat, not for the faint of heart. It is 19 years old, and Ardbeg takes a lot of pride in it with its price, <laughs> and I'll bet it's pretty dynamic. Um, this one in particular is supposed to be uh, flavored with hints of smoky, pineapple, chili, chocolate, and aromatic wood smoke. All right. Another Isla or Islay. Nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, Ardbeg, as we mentioned, there's Lafroig just to the west of the Lagavulin distillery. Ardbeg just to the east of, well, this is just east of what we just had. All right. Well, Thank you for everyone who watches us, uh, for all of you who watch us on YouTube. Greatly appreciate that. For all of you who watch us on Rumble, uh, we thank you for that as well. For all the uh, podcasting platforms you listen to us, we thank you for that. Uh, we especially thank you for those three new uh, subscribers on YouTube uh, and um, all the listeners that we've had on the uh, 
audible side because you guys have actually uh, done a good job of of uh, keeping our numbers up. So I greatly appreciate we greatly appreciate that. And uh, pass it on to you. Remember, life is great. Drink responsibly. Um, and as Noah said, we really do use the feedback, our point skill. Let us know what you think of it, what you like, what you don't like. Um, and we will continue to use that feedback because we do appreciate it. We're here to put on a good show. All right. And with that, until next week. Did you say drink responsibly already? Okay. I just want to make sure. Drink extra responsibly. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do cocaine. Don't do drugs. Oh yeah, no shit, man. If you, yeah, if you got any message from Cocaine Bear, it should be do not do drugs. All right, with that, or it turns you into Superman. What are yeah, yeah, not Superman, Super Bear. Super Bear. Okay. Super bear. And with that, remember the real bear died. <laughs> All, right. All right. Until next time. Scotchman. Cheers. Cheers. We hope you enjoyed this evening's episode of Scotch Hour. If you did, please like, share, and subscribe. Also, if you have not done so already, please become a patron member with memberships starting as low as $1 a month. Thank you, and hopefully you have a wonderful evening.